0: So, welcome to episode 20 of season 4. If you've just joined, this is Maria at Maria the Arcane on just about everything. And I'm joined by our supreme, our goddess, our Robin. You can't see it, but I'm I'm a tired witch on just about everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On all platforms.
0: (laughs) I'm so glad I remembered that instead of just saying on Instagram.
1: And later this episode, we are joined by Eunin Kirkbride to talk about death witchery, which will be so fun.
0: Mm-hmm. And then we also have a death magic class happening October 28th, and that's going to be hosted by Hannah Hadidi of Morning Light Divination. Yes. So, and I've taken Hannah's
1: that. classes before. They're really good. I'm super excited for it. Even if you guys don't show up, I'll be there. <laughs> and don't forget that if you can't make it to the live class, it is recorded and it is available on Patreon at any time later in the future. So if this is something that you're super interested in, but you're like, I can't make this class, you can still join us at the library tier at any time to catch up with it later.
0: Yeah. And not to mention we have a ton of classes already up on our Patreon, like a crap ton.
1: Classes, articles special episodes ad free versions of the podcast i mean there's there's a ridiculous amount of stuff happening on patreon and we're super excited to share with you guys yeah <laughs> come to <here. laughs> you've just joined us this week. Every week we talk about upcoming lunar phases and how you can utilize those in your spiritual practice. In your magical practice. <laughs> now that being said, <clears throat> uh, that being said, we have on October 28th, we've got the full moon in Taurus. Marie and I were just talking about this. Technically it starts on the 27th because we have the maiden mother Crone. Mm-hmm. And if you do start on the t- 27th, it is still in Aries. Um, which you can just refer back to last last time's full moon uh, to learn how to utilize that because I'm not going to double repeat myself. Yeah. That's just like
0: the whole importance <laughs> of like, don't just take a practitioner's or even your moon phase like calendars, like
1: yeah. at surface value. I, re- I really recommend if you are somebody who does utilize moon phases to download an app, a moon app where it will give you like the exact time that the moon like, switches into a full moon or a new moon or a dark moon and then it will also tell you exactly like what zodiac sign it is at that time so i would recommend Mm -hmm. that but like i said if you are somebody who's going to work with it on the 27th i recommend you looking at our last full moon episode which was two main episodes ago i believe Mm -hmm. um but for those of you who aren't and are going to work on with (laughs) it on the 28th we have the full moon in Taurus, which is also going to be a blood moon So, that being said, the (laughs) Taurus Full Moons, um, they bring really big shifts when it comes to like our sense of security. Taurus in general is like a sign that talks about things like our home, our security, the things that kind of make us feel safe. And so if we're looking at magic that is going to be utilizing this energy, I would look into home and hearth uh, magic. Simultaneously, when was the last time you did some home protections? This would be a really good time to do that. Uh, If you are somebody who is fortunate enough to have a full sacred space for your altar or even just like a meditation room, whatever it might be, this would be a really good time to top up wards in there, do cleansing, that sort of thing. And really just kind of utilize, I don't know, holding it down. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's what I would do specifically, especially when we consider the fact that we're moving so close to Samhain mm-hmm. and what a lot of people believe is the thinning of the veil. Again, I I think that happens way more often than once a year, but everyone is entitled to their own opinion on that. So if you are somebody who does believe strongly in the thinning of the veil happening at the end of the month around halloween etc mm-hmm. this is also a really good time to put up wards and protections when it comes to spirits psychic protection protections etc i mean when was the last time you washed your window frames and door frames with chamomile <laughs> maybe this is the time to do it <laughs> um yeah what about you
0: so for me i definitely agree on all the home and protection stuff especially you know the last thing you want to think about like in the next couple months when you're trying to be cozy you know dealing with family and stuff like that you don't want to think about like if you've refreshed your wards or if you have done protection work so just go ahead and like knock that out and have everything protected so you just be Mm -hmm. a cozy self but i also think you know tauruses tend to love access, like excess of like material, like they love mm. material things, you know, they mm-hmm. love like you know, the finer things in life I mean, as you should like treat your
1: dragons! <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but like I think this moon would be a great time to just if you want an over abundance of something like, you know prosperity work, like obviously, you know, we're coming up on the holidays you want a little bit of extra cash in your pocket so why not just do a huge like, hey universe i would like a little bit of extra money in my pocket please to kind of like (laughs) (laughs) help me out here in the next couple months that would be great like i just think that would be like the perfect time to like lay the groundwork for that and do like a quick and easy like quick money spell
1: totally yeah i totally agree with that
0: So if you just joined us for this episode or haven't listened to other episodes so far this season, in lieu of like choosing a card and discussing it like we were doing, we're just having like whole conversations about the whole different sections in tarot, like the minor arcana, the major arcana, the aces, the ones, and so on. And we're actually today on the final of this series. So like... After, like, we're done talking about this card afterwards, I'll tell you our plans for the next time. So keep an ear (laughs) out. But anyways, this week we are discussing the last and final section, our thoughts on the Kings. So... For me, the kings are the cultivators of kingdoms. I equate kingdoms with our long-term goals in our lives. And in order for a king to cultivate an amazing and thriving kingdom in their unique suits, they must think strategically, logically, and play ahead. You know, the king is willing to justify losses as long as the ends justify the means. They play the long game. They typically are kind of selfish, but I want to say that sometimes we have to be like selfish in life in order to cultivate our goals sometimes we Mm -hmm. do have to come first but i digress they can but like not always be selfish in the fact that they will do something for others as long as it either makes them look good looks like make them look good or just as to their prosperity strength and health of their kingdom um Mm -hmm. Now, what does this all mean in a reading? So for myself, when a king pops up, it's time to like buckle down and get things done. But also in the same breath, be patient. You know, you can't build anything on shaky foundations. It's going to take a lot of thought, time, and consideration to build up a personal kingdom to make it worthwhile. And as I said, personal kingdoms are our long-term goals. But as I mentioned, kingdoms typically resent the goals and they're representative of the suits. um, Like the cups would be long-term happiness. pens would be long-term prosperity or routines. Wands would be long-term paths, passions that... continue to serve us. And then the swords would be like long-term strength of character and mental health or resilience. The kings can also tell us, um, to be kind of ruthless. If someone or something is no longer serving us, we do not have to keep them in our lives or, Keep them engaging in our goals. Boundaries mm-hmm. are so important to thriving kingdoms, and while we may need to push them from time to time, but once again, the end has to justify the means. Totally. I you view this card? Well, these cards for me,
1: for me, the kings are the completion of of the suit. So we have in any suit, you have this journey that you've gone through, right? But mm-hmm. ugh, the bad and the king is a representation of everything we've learned from everything in the suit up until that point mm-hmm. and so it's mature it is level-headed it is able to reflect on the bad and take you know positive lessons from it and also mm-hmm. relish in the negative or in the positive uh to try to cultivate that again And so for me, the king is a like, I mean, of course, it really depends on the context. But for me, it's really a deep reflection of reminding us to slow down, think about it. Let's view the picture as a whole and move forward. Um, And Mm so, you know, if we got the king, let's say the king of Pence, let's say for Uh, a financial outlook. It's telling us that you're going to most likely make really good decisions for yourself, trust Mm -hmm. in your intuition and trust the fact that, you know, you have got this, you've learned everything you can regarding this at that, like uh, at at that moment, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, make the best decisions for yourself. And so for me, it's just like this really big reminder that we've done all the hard lessons and the rewarding positives to really just trust ourselves in that moment. Mm -hmm. That makes sense.
0: (laughs) So next time that we do the tarot cards, we're actually going to bring up subjects. Like, for the next one we might be doing, like, new beginnings. But we won't be just talking about the Fool. We'll be talking about many cards that can represent, like, a new beginning, a fresh start. You know, and then we'll go into, like, love and like bad relationships just like huge like <laughs> how you can view cards like in a different light because i feel like you know we equate some cards with one thing and some cards with another thing but they can mean many things so hopefully this would be like a great way to learn and to you know broaden your horizons you know to different meanings of different cards um yeah but i'm really looking so forward fun. to it <laughs> <laughs>
1: As we said earlier in the episode, we are joined today by Yunin of Death Witch Envy an author of several Death Witchcraft zines that I know I've shared before on my social media. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, I love Um, zines. Zines are so underrated. They really are. well. It's a dying thing, you know. That a lot of the members of our Discord who are younger didn't know that's how it was pronounced? I was like, it's pronounced. Oh short yeah, yeah. For magazine. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but you guys don't really have magazines anymore, do you? So.
2: Yeah, yeah, lame. Literally, people still make them. I was introduced to them by uh, an old college professor.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And they were huge when I was in college. So <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> like in high school and stuff. I love them. I collected them all the
1: time. <laughs> so that being said you didn't you want to introduce yourself and let our listeners know a little bit about you
2: hi yeah i'm union kirkbride uh right now i tattoo for a living but i've also written a bunch of death witchcraft scenes i've written death witchcraft blogs i started on tumblr and then moved to a website i've been working in the witchcraft and pagan scene for like 15 years now uh death witchcraft though probably the last seven years i want to say
1: yeah i think that sounds about right i think i found you on social media like maybe six years ago so that feels yeah. correct to my personal timeline
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i'm old yeah seven or eight i want to say
1: <laughs> well if you're old then i'm ancient so <laughs> and maria's dead <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so in your practice how do you define death witchery
2: I would define death witchery as working with the souls of the dead, but also with the concept of death, uh, handling your own death, handling yourself and others through grief, as well as spiritual deaths in your life. For example, ending of like a relationship or uh, ending a certain part of your life, like transferring from high school to college tends to be like a really big... Spiritual mm-hmm. death for people because you're leaving a lot behind, for example. Anything within that realm can be under the umbrella of death witchery.
1: In your own personal practice, do you utilize kind of all of those things or are you more focused on one facet?
2: <laughs> Normally, I'm focused on working with the souls of the dead unless there is something coming up in my life where I need to shift focus. Uh, if I had you know, members of my family die, which has unfortunately happened a lot, then we're going to be shifting to the grieving and stuff like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It depends yeah. on what comes up. Yeah.
0: So what separates it
2: from ancestor veneration in your opinion? I'd say ancestor veneration is a part of the whole. It's a practice you can do within death witchcraft, but that's not all it is. There are well, also Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say there are other Souls of the Dead. So ancestors are uh anyone within your family tree, mm-hmm. your biological or your spiritual family tree. Mm-hmm. And there are other souls of the dead. You can work with like the forgotten dead who might have had their gravestones destroyed mm-hmm. or uh chafed down to where you can't see it. Uh Some people will focus on uh, children or animals or veterans.
1: Veterans makes a lot of sense because, at least in my knowledge, veterans get forgotten a lot um, when it comes to graves. Because a lot of times they get put in their own cemetery. And then it's just... Pretty easy to forget them. You just plop them in there and then forget all about them.
2: (laughs) Which is interesting because when you look back at uh, a lot of like, like ancient Greek and ancient Egyptian death work, old soldiers were frequently pop up. Mm -hmm. In oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely, it's a culture shift, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um. So. of branching off of that what's something that you think is like the most misunderstood about death witchcraft like in general i know that there's like coming the coming back of satanic panic and these ideas that are just very negative very like evil focused i guess you could say and i think that when we talk about things like death work it's really easy to associate these evil and negative ideas, like, you know, people have negative connotations with the word necromancy, for example. Like, or even like the think? death card, like the, yeah, death, even
0: card like the death card.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. a thousand percent. So, what would, in your experience, do you think is like the most misunderstood thing about somebody who does death work?
2: I mean, I think you nailed it right there is people saying <laughs> that it's somehow dangerous. I, I work with Hades a lot. He's one of my main deities and I have lost count of the amount of people who have sent messages to me say, saying something like, "Hey, I've heard from other people in the community that working with him is very dangerous." <laughs> I'm like, "Where are you hearing that? I've never that I've never you read know. anything like that." Yeah, when but, you're looking you at know, the history, the
1: answer is TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, if you're looking at the actual religion and the actual sources, there's nothing saying anything like that. Right. It's just like people hear his name and they're just like, oh, that guy, you can't. Anything with the word death is a, has a big red X over it.
0: Yeah, yeah, anything that lives in the underworld is evil, like exactly. People assume, yeah. So, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, you know, soil, the ground, and stuff. It literally, its whole job is to, you know, death dies there and new growth sprouts up, like there's something yeah. wrong with the below. Um,
1: but it's just another transformation, right? <laughs> exactly.
0: So, um what are some tools or ingredients you think anyone getting into this kind of work should have
2: i have a huge huge list of tools on like blog posts and stuff it it depends on what you're into although if you're starting i think i'd recommend start with some form of divination Mm -hmm. Uh, because first off you're going to be using it a lot and second if you're not super comfortable with divination yet it can take a while to figure out which methods you're most comfortable with Yeah. Yeah, So it doesn't matter. I know a lot of people are super into tarot. I'm actually not one of those people, but tarot works.
1: What do you use then for divination? Like what's your preferred method then?
2: My preferred methods are bone throwing and scrying. I have this big obsidian mirror that took forever for me to find. And I use that a lot. Um, Hey,
1: what's it like to be the richest person alive?
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know how I got it is uh, my... Uh, I have family who lives in Tucson and they have like a big gem show there. And my dad's always looking for like deals on crystals and stuff. So if I go Mm -hmm. somewhere, he's like, you know, you can find a good deal on crystals over here.
1: nice. And you did. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's how I got it. I've never been that lucky in my life.
2: (laughs) It's really hard to find. The first time I ever visited Portland, I swear to God, I visited so many stores here. I was like, one of them's got to have it.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. one of them's
2: got to have it. Talked talk to every single store owner and they're like we don't know what you're talking about there are no obsidian beers." I had to go to um like this what? this tea and witchy shop in Idlewild of all places up <laughs> in the mountains of Southern California and they just had one that, that is and that so weird and random but they're just That's like we very, have it nobody wants it's it it's more Take
1: random it. that they didn't know what you were talking about
2: I know. How, do you, too.
1: how does one run a metaphysical shop and go scrying mirror? I've never heard of that before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Um This question isn't on like the questions that we have, but a lot of like death work, which is like to create an altar. Like, do you have an altar for death? Oh, and question. what do you Yeah, what do you put on it? Like just in case anyone wants to build an altar for, you Yeah, know, that's a death good magic. question.
2: I have like I have two altars me! I just moved, so this is a very bad time because I can't be like, "Wow, look at this nice altar back here," because it's all boxes and trash.
0: You're going through a transition, exactly. exactly. <laughs>
2: oh, the death of my old altar and the rebirth of a lamp I can't put anywhere else. <laughs> but normally, I have, I have two. So I have, I have one for. One for Hades, that's mainly him. And then I have like a general working one uh, where I can basically do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and usually I'll have some space in between to work with like any other deities, like Toth or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, just because I have, honestly, I have way too many things. <laughs> that i like to put on altars preach
1: yeah <laughs> what you, are talking, you are talking you're preaching to the literal choir <laughs> <laughs> so i guess my question for you going off of that then is that because i i know that we come up with not we come up with we encounter this a lot when we have like discord member questions and stuff like that mm-hmm. is you talked about having like a general altar and then one dedicated to hades A lot of a lot of time we hear people asking questions about things like, you know, well, can I have too many? What does that look like? How do we create the space? And I guess my question for you then is, do you have them kind of side by side? Are they in totally different like rooms or aspects of your house? Like, how does that play out for you?
2: Right now, I have them in the same spot because I have this really, really long console table that Mm -hmm. I bought a few years ago. Just for altars, essentially. But back when I was, you know, in college or right after college, I would usually have them in different spots. Uh, if I were lucky, I could keep them in the same room, but oftentimes you're not. You're not that lucky, especially if right. you live with other people. Yeah. I'd usually, say I'd have like a small table, and it would be like a general, like a Hades table or something, or a general mm-hmm. table. Uh, my first few years of college, I was taking stuff out to the balcony to like set up mm-hmm. every holiday and sit out there and do it. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That sounds nice. <laughs> it was actually kind of
0: nice. That sounds cozy. <laughs> what type of offerings do you give, like a desk god like Hades? You personally,
2: I do. I do a lot of herbs and a lot of anointed candles. I just have a lot of those, to be quite honest.
0: Yeah. Is there any herbs that are like your favorite or anything that you like to give them?
1: One really... that when you're like you're like this herb, I think of Hades, or
2: this herb, I think of death. <laughs> <laughs> I use lavender a lot for death because mm. it's a very calming <clears throat> one, very, very good for spirits. Rosemary has a lot of associations with memory. So it does that quite a bit. Uh I have a just a nice relationship with lemon balm that's also a really good calming and uh yeah healing one as well uh i have a few like cypress and yule oils they put on cameras and those are both trees associated with hades uh, other things you could do is a lot of times coins are very common offerings mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, most people don't know that Hades was also the god of wealth, so mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense.
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that.
1: And,
2: yeah, wealth yeah. and uh,
0: fine like metals. Weird?
1: I've never really been into like Greek gods at all, so I really don't know much about them <laughs> other than like etymological stuff <laughs> i know a lot of etymological stuff that well, i don't know. You
0: know like you'll start researching greek
1: like the greek mythology is like
0: so crazy and so confusing <laughs> it is very complex <laughs> so yeah confusing like oh no i won't get it <laughs> there are a lot of sources
2: and they were constantly changing things mm-hmm. it's, it's like the egyptian book of the dead where they were rewriting it like every yeah. century or so mm-hmm. it's the same thing yeah. <laughs> That's
1: really interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> um so do you so like what? oh sorry, go ahead.
0: No, you go ahead. Go. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> do you need different protections than normal protections when doing death work?
2: If you're doing any kind of protections for spirits specifically, then you should be fine, I think. I do <laughs> have some like specifically for like you know, spirits of the dead, so they don't. If you're going out to cemeteries or something, follow you home, mm-hmm. or something like that. Absolutely, there, there are ones specific to that. But in general, like if you have a protection method that works for you, it's probably going to be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. What makes does sense. death work lo- look like? Like if you're going to a cemetery, because a lot of our, like especially our Discord members, love to go to like the cemetery and like honor the dead. But what does that look specifically like? Oh, I for love you doing it practice? too. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I usually go in with uh, a handful of offerings and stuff. I usually like really discreet ones. We just talked about coins. Those are very, very good. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'll do like dried juniper berries or something. Um, if I'm really so familiar with the cemetery, I'll bring like a whole kit of stuff where it's like, all right, I'm going to bring this candle and this thing and this thing. But most of the time, it's stuff that... You know you can bring like a handful of and like drop off at graves when you sit by them and just chat yeah, yeah that makes sense
1: i know that when i do uh, go to graves i like bringing uh, chocolate that's a good one like ch- i always feel like chocolate is a really good offering like and you can just put a little hershey's in your pocket they come <laughs> in like nice little squares you can break them off one for you and one for you and one for you that's a great idea and one for me as well because i also am here and i need a little chocolate well
0: you're sharing you're sharing a meal you know, well it's just exactly it makes sense. you a spoke chocolate a little for bit you, about chocolate like for me. spirits like following your home do you have like anything that you do in order to prevent that
2: sometimes i would uh i would bring like a protection amulet with me that's usually a symbol or something that you keep like in your pocket or something mm-hmm. or you can just mm-hmm. yeah you just kind of keep track of yourself usually if something's following you you can tell
1: yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I would definitely agree with
2: that <laughs> yeah it, it's not gonna it's not really gonna be sneaky <laughs> you can usually tell pretty well uh, I, I have heard a very common one is like if you feel something, you like throwing salt over your shoulder is a very common.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like
2: go away. Um, well, just
0: in case, like someone's like, did something follow me home? What are like the particular signs that you feel like they should watch out for if something <laughs> has followed you? <laughs>
2: <home>? <laughs> if you, if you get a something is following feeling after you leave the cemetery. Mm-hmm then maybe think of protection things. Within the cemetery, things can follow you. Uh, like souls can follow you, gatekeepers can follow you, and a lot of times they will stop when you leave. Mm-hmm. Cause they're just like, oh you're you're going. You're fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: If you're like going out and getting in your car or something and you're just like this thing has not left me, then maybe it's it's time to think about throwing salt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Some things to consider. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, we only have one more question for you, and that is, do you have any advice or books that you would recommend to somebody who is just now, like, getting interested in this kind of work, just kind of pointing them in a direction to learn more on their own?
2: Yeah. Books are hard to recommend because it's... I don't know what people are focusing on. I'd say... Sure. Look into... Some kind of like funeral and death culture that you would like to focus on and start there. Mm-hmm. So for instance, if you're thinking like, oh, I have this really strong Irish ancestry, for example, and I want to <laughs> focus on their funerary rites and how they how they look at the dead, then start there. If you're say, oh, I, I work with a lot of Greek deities and I want to look at how they work with the dead, then start there. Take a culture where you can look into their funerary rites, and it'll help simplify it. Because if you're just looking up general funerary rites, there's going to be like hundreds of them, and they're all going to be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you don't have to limit yourself to one either. You can be like, I want, I want to do Norse, and I want to do Egyptian. Good, that's a good starting point. (laughs) There are a few books out there where you can find, like, you know, uh. Hilda Roderick, I think, has a good book, The Road to Hell, on the on death mentioned in old Norse literature. I usually recommend Daniel Ogden for for Greek and Roman stuff. He made one on Greek Greek, uh, oracles of the dead and also Greek and Roman necromancy, where he compiles like all of the sources that he finds and he cites all of them.
0: Mm -hmm. We love a Um, good
2: author who cites sources. Yes, we love
0: (laughs) oh we're excited
2: <laughs> yeah yeah. and he'll usually mention them when he's writing he's like when you look at, back at this thing that was written now and it says this so it's pretty easy there are quite a few books on the Egyptian Book of the Dead uh, that ex- kind of give you an introduction and explain it uh, I know the British Museum has released quite a few that are pretty affordable
1: Hmm. I actually think I have one <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, <I do>
1: <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today this has been a great chat um can you remind our listeners just one more time where they can find you
2: thank you for having me it's been a while since i've sat down and just chatted with people about this this topic um you can find me at death on instagram that's which where will I'm be both... linked to the bio <laughs> yeah yeah you can find it there will there should be a link to the website there that I will see if it's, I'll see if it's active. I might have to reactivate it. Okay. Did I change my credit card? I don't know. I'll open it back.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for yes. joining us. Bye.
0: So, Robin, what is stirring your cauldron right now?
1: First of all, that's very raspy. Thank you, you, it just came out just right. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for asking. Um, <laughs> death work in general is what's stirring my cauldron right, right now. Not like specifically any one aspect of it, but for those of you who don't already know this about me, that's what I—that's my practice. I'm a death worker. Some people call it a necromancer, but I know people have weird feelings about that title. So I tend to avoid it. Um, but this is what I do. I work with death. Um, and so the fact that we've got to focus on this all month has been like, uh-huh. really for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <"Yeah>, yes, <laughs> let's talk about it some more. Um yeah, so it's been really exciting for me, and I've really enjoyed it, and I'm, like, looking forward to the rest of the month. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, I'm very... Like, this month has been very good, like, death magic-wise. Oh,
1: well, it always I, is. Yeah, like, Octobers just... are
0: always amazing for all yeah, of us, Yeah, but though. I mean, I
1: also feel like you have, like, general things, like spirit communication, which is what most people tend to lean towards. Mm-hmm. But this has been so specifically, like, necromancy, death work. Mm-hmm. Um transitions too transitions yeah there's just so much stuff that's happening it's so (laughs) exciting and i'm living for it i really am it's been so fun Mm -hmm. so maria what's not stirring your cauldron this week Oh, I'm going to tell you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Honestly, honestly, it's, it's me. Really, besides, like, the normal <laughs> stuff I've talked about a million times on the pod, I don't want to do that. But <laughs> um nothing's really not stirring my culture. Maybe it's just that I have a whole lot to do this week, um but it's for good reasons. Like, I have a lot of. I don't know. I'm just having a really good time in October, and I'm going to be going to the Tamed Wild retreat um, later on this week. And I'm going to be reading cards for everybody. And um, I'm just really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, like... You know, especially next week is when me and my family are like, we've already been watching like scary movies and stuff like that. So now we're just going to really buckle down, watch all of the movies we haven't watched so far. And then do we started doing this tradition, especially if Halloween runs during um the week rather than the weekend that that weekend before we stay up really late, watch movies, have candy. And I make a bunch of appetizers. It's kind of like our Christmas um, Eve, like
1: sort of thing. Have
0: you guys watched
1: Renfield yet?
0: No, but that is on our to-do list.
1: Listen, everybody slept on that movie. It is so cute. It's really campy and like adorable. I loved it. I thought it was so cute. I cannot believe people didn't like it. Yeah, I think we're gonna
0: watch that next week, and even the Witchling will get to watch it too. Like, we need to watch. We need it and all that.
1: One trigger warning for people okay. who have just heard me say this and are like, "Well, no, maybe watch it." There are anime levels of blood in this movie, oh. which is part, which is part of like <laughs> the, the campiness fun. and like yeah. the fun, yeah. right? But just in case you're somebody who does not <laughs> can't do blood at all, I have warned you. There are anime levels of blood it is crazy it's one of those how are they still coming out of this person? <laughs> so it's like sweeney todd where you're like it's geez, absurd wow. it's a, yeah it's oh, an wow. absurd amount of blood <laughs> you're just like it just keeps coming okay we're oh, oh it's still coming okay yeah no, for sure <laughs> but yeah
0: like everything is pretty
1: pretty good and um very excited for the few weeks ahead. So, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> so good. Thanks. If you've just joined us this week, every week we talk about creators that we are loving right now. This could be artists, books, blogs, podcasts photographers, just anything. <laughs> um, social media pages, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and these are, wow, I lost my train of thought. These are not ads. These are things that Maria and I found organically. Um, so we, they're not ads. <laughs> they're stuff we <laughs> like that we thought maybe you would think is cool too. Yeah. And this season, this season we started a third option, which is a listener submitted creator that they think the community would love as well. So that being said, Maria, who are you digging right now?
0: So I'm digging a creator called Wild Spellcraft, Mm -hmm. and um, she does, like, grimoire pages and things like that, and the grimoire pages are so gorgeous, like like I think I'm pretty okay like with like graphic design and stuff but she like her grimoire pages are uh, so gorgeous I'm, I'm a like, graphic designer actually it's my passion <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> but she is just really talented at it and is so gorgeous and I'm like I want to do that I want myself to look like that Oh my god! <laughs> but and then she also released a tarot workbook that looks really really neat um It, like, you just kind of, like, write your thoughts, like, on all the cards in tarot <laughs> and she kind of helps you break it down in the workbook. And I, I don't know. It's just really pretty, too. So it's like, it's pretty and it's awesome because it's the yeah. been you learn tarot. But yeah. yeah, but I really, I really dig her stuff and you guys should check it out and dig it, too. But anyways, <laughs> who have you been loving?
1: Um, I found, actually, I think a friend sent it to me originally. Mm-hmm. I found this social media called Mary in the Fairyland. And they create, like, little fairy houses in nature and then, like, photograph it. <gasps> oh I know. God. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so flippin' cool. It's so flippin' cool. And, like, I had forgotten that the friend had sent it to me and then I got sent one of, like, how they made a house, like a house and then photographed it. -hmm. I saw it on like reels or something. And I was like, oh, that looks familiar, but that's so cool. And then I realized a friend had sent it to me. Anyway, I'm just obsessed. Very freaking cool. (laughs) They are so cute. So cute. So freaking cute. I love it. Talk (laughs) about (laughs) making friends
0: with the four spirits. You're actually like providing little homes.
1: Oh my God. It's so cute. (laughs) <laughs> um, and then this week's listener choice, um, I did actually have to go back because I couldn't find our listener submissions. So if you sent us something recently, resend it to us because our DMs are just a mess. <laughs> um, we're doing True. our best, guys. We really are.
0: <laughs> well, I think our tarot challenge, like, really, like, took off this month. So, like, everyone... Right, which is great. Everyone's like that, sending it's it. not a of complaint. Course, of course. It's not a complaint. Like, I love fancy but... in everyone's polls.
1: But it has made, I had like a li- like like a kind of a starred list happening, and I've lost it. <laughs> um, so this week, um, this this uh, submission was a little bit old, but I thought it was really relevant to the month, and that is the Happy Halloween deck by Sony Races Artistry. I'm pretty sure I have a copy of this deck.
0: Um, yeah, you do. I
1: do? <laughs>
0: I like how you have so many decks. But <laughs>
1: you're like, do I own this one? Oh, first of all, watch your <laughs> But it's really cute. Like this deck is so cute, and I just thought that it was like really relevant to the fact that Halloween is two weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if you're somebody who's just like spooky in general and likes that kind of vibe, I think mm-hmm. this deck is really great. So I think this is a great submission.
0: <laughs> yeah, and also I think the artist is releasing a new deck. Um, so keep an eye out for that. So as exciting!
1: Well. Yes. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope that you will join us again on Friday, October 27th for our Coffee Talk episode or on November 3rd for the 21st episode of Season 4. You can keep an eye out on our social media or head to our website, coffeeandcauldrons.com to find out more information and see what we are up to. And don't forget to join us on October 28th on Patreon for our library for our class with Hannah Hadidi of Morning Light Divination on death magic 101 which is available for everyone library tier and up and if you can't make it but you are interested it is it will be recorded and available immediately after the class to watch later
0: and additionally our patreon magical beginnings offers our special 25 minute part two episode a huge library of articles about witchcraft a discord community full of fun events and discussions and we even have a tier that offers one-on-one conversations with robin and myself
1: So please, if you love our sexy, sensual, just uh, chef's kiss voices, (laughs) take a moment to review us on whatever streaming service that you are tuning in from, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We love reading your reviews and rating us with five stars helps us to be seen by others. Thank you to everybody who already has and everyone who will in the future. And also thank you to everybody who's in our Patreon. We really appreciate you guys. And yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so again this is coffee and cauldrons with robin from at a tired witch and i'm maria from at maria the arcane
1: all right ready ready yeah one,
0: one two, two three, three five witches <laughs>